Welcome to Bible Studies for Life, adult podcast, uh, co-hosted each week by myself, Lynn Pryor, and Chris Johnson. So, Chris, tell us what we're jumping into today. Hey, Lynn, good to see you today. Good to be with you. Uh, We are talking about uh, Elijah. Uh, This is the fifth week that we've talked about Elijah living outside the comfort zone. And and today we're going to see Elijah in a different light. Um, and it, uh, so the title of our lesson is serve even when discouraged. And uh, okay. we're going to see that after like, last week, we talked about this huge triumphant experience where uh, Elijah prayed and called down fire. And today we're going to talk about what happened next. Okay. So we're going to be talking again about Elijah, but we're also going to be talking with Andrew. Andrew Hudson has joined us. Andrew, thanks for taking the time to meet with us today. Absolutely, guys. It's always a pleasure to be be here with y'all. And if you're new to our podcast, number one, welcome. But Andrew Hudson, he's part of the Bible Studies for Life team. He serves as our brand ambassador. So uh, that's a fancy. That's that's a big title. It is. (laughs) And uh, in his spare time, uh, Andrew is the king of the grill. You want to just confess to this group that's listening how many grills you own? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right now, currently, uh, I have seven, di- seven different types of grills. Um, but I, I've owned in, in my past, you know, easily into double digits. Um, but I think my favorite grill is my grandfather's grill that is easily 60 years old. And when you open it up, unlit it just smells of that rich smoke good flavor um that only 60 years worth of grilling on it uh can produce so yeah i've i've i have a few grills i have an old microwave but it does not smell good so (laughs) 60 years never been cleaned that's right absolutely not that's right that's right so lynn i mentioned that we're talking about the highs and lows in elijah's life and uh in the introduction, uh, Jenny shared a story about golfer Jason Day. And uh, so in 2016, he uh, he won a tournament from start to finish, and he was ranked number one. This is 2016. And from that time forward, he has dropped in the ratings. Uh, last week when I looked to see how he was, he was 47th ranked wow in the world. and still pretty good though right like 47th oh, in yeah. the world and 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 it makes millions there's no doubt but right from <laughs> that, that that moment when he hit the pinnacle when he hit the top when he was number one in the world from that point forward he's dropped till today uh 47th in the world and there's a quote that she uh that jennifer included that came from him from jason day he said i got burned out being number one and it's That's easy awesome. to get it's easy to get burned out in a position that you're in the spotlight and it can be demanding at times. Wow. I'd love to be in that place where I, I'm number one and, and I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm burnt out now for being number one. Wow. <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we're going to morph that into here is this golfer and the discouragement he felt after he was number one. And last week we looked at Elijah, uh, whereas to me, this was the pinnacle of his ministry. He was number one prophet at this point when he met with the prophets of Baal, had that great encounter at Mount Carmel. And uh, he, you know, just in a way mockingly just proved that Baal was false. So, I mean, this was a key high point for him. 
Yet we look at him today and it, like Jason Day, it's just he's like but just bottomed out, just bottomed out with discouragement. Uh, what we're going to be in, we're going to be in Second Kings 19 for this. And uh, what we're going to see is uh, this is let me just start with verse one. Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he'd killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, and this is in her, her, her very gracious female voice. May the gods punish me and do it severely if I don't make your life like the Kate life of one of those uh, by this time tomorrow. What a threat. <laughs> but then catch this. Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. Ran for his life. Uh, Lynn, you'll remember because you're. I'm old. You're, you're the same as me. Uh, Andrew, you <laughs> won't probably. There used to be a show on Saturdays on ABC called The Wild wide world of sports the and thrill in, of victory the agony of defeat that's exactly the quote i was thinking <laughs> yeah. of. uh and that's what i thought of when when i was reading elijah's story here i, I just gotta ask andrew do you have any idea what we're talking about wide world of sports i mean i i remember these uh shows and history books and, and things like that but I mean, th this having, was the days having before, never seen it this was the days before espn and all the sports channels and all that this this is the only way you were going to see some of the unusual sports out there <laughs> so, but anyway. cliff, cliff diving and uh ice skating oh wow and, yeah yeah so but anyway that that those who remember that is that image at the beginning that thrill of victory and the agony of defeat and here we see last week, Elijah since that thrill of victory. This week, it's that agony of defeat because of what he the, the uh, he was just afraid. He was he was just afraid. So he invites the king and these four hundred fifty prophets of Baal. So you know, obviously, uh, had courage and great um, boldness in doing this. And immediately after this this uh, amazing victory. Um, Jezebel threatens him and he runs. He runs for his life. That's that's just I, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever had that kind of experience where I was on top of the world and the next next moment at the bottom of the world. You guys? I, I can't imagine it either, but you know, we do get discouraged. What is what are some of those things that discourage us in our, in I, we, our we do. go ahead? We, we do get discouraged, but I, I'm also thinking of, um, you know, how often do we set new goals for ourselves? And then once that goal is checked off, then I have nowhere else to go. So I'm super, uh, you know, goal oriented, driven type of a person. But once that check mark is there, I get pretty apathetic at maintaining that check mark. And so I don't think that's mm. what Elijah's doing here. Um, it, there wasn't a check mark to prove Baal wrong. Um, but without something, uh, you know, the carrot versus the stick, if there's, there's not a carrot out there, uh, I get, I get pretty discouraged pretty quickly. Mm. Well, we, we certainly see Elijah got discouraged and I just, I think there's this issue for him that with this great victory that happened yet now he's threatened by Jezebel. There's a feeling of. I did all that, and it's like nothing changed. Jezebel right. is still being Jezebel. And uh, Chris, you know, uh, as a pastor, some of those you have those great Sundays. Just you connect with the church, and you're preaching. You have good 
conversations throughout the day on Sunday. And then Monday comes around and there's that one person that just, you're, you're defeated by criticism. It gets discouraging. It sure can. And I, I think that's the, the beauty of this passage. That, yeah, I think it will speak to a lot of people's lives and circumstances. Uh, Jennifer mentioned uh, just a long series of uh, examples of, of people who have these life experiences of addiction and employment difficulty. They've lived through a pandemic. They've, they've faced other things. Um, and it just never seems to get better. And um, so they are, they live with discouragement all the time. And um, I, it, I think it's good that we have the opportunity to see a character like Elijah uh, experience that kind of discouragement and how, how he handles that and what he does next. Uh, one of the questions that we ask in this study is uh, for, for discussion is when have you felt like uh, you just wanted to give up? And uh, I think that's where he was. And I think that a lot of people deal with those kind of experiences in their lives. Yeah, he says, I've had enough, Lord, take my life and I am no better than my ancestors. And I, I definitely think that there are people out there, including myself, that have maybe uttered those exact words to God and say, Man, I, am, I am struggling through this. I don't want to be here. Um, you know, there was a time when I was in college and I went through a pretty rough depression and, uh, you know, everybody and uh, all, all of my quote unquote friends wanted to fix me and they all had the right Bible verse or the right book to give me. And, and man, I, I did not want to even hear any of that. And so um, it took one friend to just come and sit next to me and just wanted to listen. And that, that is what it took uh, for me to get out of that funk. Um, and I, I bet you that's a, a pretty common story with a lot of people that are listening right now. Appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you guys know, well, you, uh, my wife and I went through um, the horrible experience of, of a son who died in a car accident. And, um, you know, that there just isn't um, a lower low in difficulty with that. And, um, it, it just takes a long time um, to get to the next to the to the next level. Yeah, I think that discouragement does hit us a lot when we feel like we've done something significant, like Elijah did, and then you follow it right back up with, "You really, I'm not sure it made any difference what I did." And I'm not just talking about Elijah yeah. the prophet. I can think about things in my life, projects I invested hours in. And then found out, eh, it didn't make any difference. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and you go, well, what's the point? Why, yeah. what, what's the point? Why not just go binge watch on Netflix? You know, just just and, and just kind of check out. Well, that's what Elijah. <laughs> that's what Elijah tried to do. He's he's headed off. He wants to just check out. But you come to verse eleven of First Kings nineteen, and God speaks to him, tells him, just go stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. And so what happens at that moment, as he's standing there on the mountain, the Lord passed by, there was a wind, there was an earthquake, there was a fire, and all these things, God, Elijah did not sense God's presence. It's when there was a voice, a soft whisper that came to him that caught Elijah's attention. He wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, and then the voice spoke to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? 
And so Elijah, he whined, you know, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets. I alone am left. And they're looking for me to take my life. I'll give Elijah credit. He was, he was pretty honest with God about this, but you can see his discouragement. So a great sense of isolation, being alone is a part of all of this. Now, um, help me, Lynn. Do you know, so Mount Carmel is where the um, conflict between um, Elijah and the prophets of Baal was. He ran to the place where he hid under the broom tree, and then he went to um, this, the mountain of God, to Mount Horeb. Um, what, do you know the distance? Oh, Chris, don't put me on the spot like this. I don't have an atlas, have an atlas in front of me. Let me, let me ask Google. <laughs> but a lot of miles. It isn't like it was a, a, a hop, skip, and a jump from one mountain to the other. If uh, I'm it, running away from a problem, mm-hmm. I'm going to run away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I dare say that's what Elijah did here. He, he put some miles between him and, and Jezebel. Uh, it's interesting to me that um, he went to – to the mountain where God spoke to Moses. So Mount Horeb uh, and Mount Sinai are the same place. Okay. And so he goes to the mountain of God. Um, he, this is the place where God spoke to Moses and here God speaks to Elijah. It's yeah. Okay. Th- thank you for that. And of course that's out in the wilderness. It's not even in the territory. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he has put some miles between them. What I love about this is the fact that God's trying to get his attention. You may be discouraged, but I am with you. So in um, the senior adult uh, personal study guide, we tell this story that uh, Jennifer gave to us. I don't know that every um, one of our resources, because they have less pages, don't may not have carried it, but she tells the story of Corey Ten Boom. Many of you have heard that name before. Uh, she is the author of a book called The Hiding Place. And she and her Chris, family. Those gets, of us who remember Wide World of Sports will also my, remember Corey Ten Boom. <laughs> oh, I know Corey Ten Boom. Okay. okay. I, All I, right. it, is a, it is a great book. Highly recommend it. Okay. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so her, her family she, this is the synopsis. Her family is taking in Jewish people and protecting them during the Holocaust. And uh, they're busted and th- uh, they are taken away. Uh, they're arrested by the Gestapo and they're taken into a concentration camp. Corey Tibboom and her sister, um, Bet- Betsy, is that right? Betsy? Yeah, Betsy. Uh, are in Ravensbrook uh, concentration camp. And uh Betsy is sick and dies in the camp, but this is her words to Corey before she died. She said, we must, um, we must tell the people what we learned here. We must tell them there's no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. They will listen to us because we have been there. Mm. That's a powerful quote. And, and a reminder that no matter how bad it gets or how, how low we feel or how uh, how far, uh, how deep uh, the depths of depression are in our lives, that God is deeper still. Mm. He is with us. Well, finish finish the Corey Tinboom story of a guard came uh, to one of her revivals uh, when she was teaching and 
uh, she was teaching about forgiveness. And the guard comes up and says, will you forgive me? I was one of your guards. And she wanted to not, but she knew that she had to. And so the amount of uh, strength she had to have had to forgive her Nazi guard uh, for all of the travesties that happened. So powerful, powerful story. She tells that story, and I I think it's her second book, Triumph for the Lord. But she says, Lord, I don't have the strength or something. I I can't forgive him, but Lord, I can at least raise my hand. And she says that when she took his hand, shook his hand, the forgiveness came. Yeah. Hmm. I love the honesty of that too, Lord. Okay, I've been talking about forgiveness, but now I'm put on the spot. I'm not sure I can. Um, And that's, That's I think, again, what I love about Elijah so much, uh, to to quote one of my favorite theologians, Chris Johnson, he often (laughs) refers to Elijah as the goat. You've done that several times, the greatest of all times prophet, which he is. And then you see him in this, this, these depths of despair, this, I call it his, his whiny stage. Uh, But then God speaks to him. God just addresses him. This is verse 15. He just says, go return to the way you came. In other words, you turn right, right, right around and go right back. You are. And he gave them, he gave him three assignments. To anoint Hazael as king of Abram, Aram, anoint Jehu uh, to be the king over Israel, and anoint Elijah to you know to be the prophet in your place. So he's given him. He he didn't say, oh you know, buck up, little buddy, it's going to be okay. You know, he didn't. He just he just really put him back to work. But then so I, God, go ahead. God essentially says to Elijah, "I'm not finished with you yet." Exactly, and I love the way he then this the quote from God concludes. But I will leave 7,000 in Israel. Remember, Elijah said, but, no, there's just me. You know, there's all, you know, he's just whining because he's the only one out there. He says, no, there's 7,000 in Israel, every knee that has not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. In other words, Elijah, you're not alone. Wow. I love that story. And, and the challenge, I, you know, again, my, my resources for senior adults and uh, it, it's a good word for senior adults. Hey, listen, you're not done yet. There's there's still things that I have for you to do. Uh, don't be discouraged. Keep on going. And I, I say that's for senior adults. That's for all of us. When we hit that's those right. hit those walls, hit those difficult times, good to be reminded that God's not finished with us yet. He still has things for us to do. All right. Now, I'm going to put this in the context of our Bible studies, a Sunday school class, a life group, a small group, whatever. Again, this is the value of us meeting in small groups is where, you know, sometimes I may come in. I not, may not be in the best frame of mind, but when I start dialoguing, just entering into the conversation with others, it lifts my spirits. I mean, it, it reminds me I'm not alone in this. And, Andrew, to, to the point you made about when you went through that period of depression, how someone just came and they didn't try to preach. They just they were just there. To think about my role in a small group or my Bible study, Bible study group and I'll go, hey, what happened to so-and-so? He hadn't been here in a couple of weeks. The value of us as a group to just to connect with them. Hey, call them uh, to, to, uh, to meet them up at a, at a Starbucks or, or, or just someplace for coffee just to build that relationship. That's the value to me of a, of a, a small Bible study group is we know when people are missing. We know when maybe there's something not going like it should and we can reach out to them and just just love on them. That's right. And as we talk about discipleship a lot, uh, what we have learned 
what I have learned is that it takes just a little bit of intentionality and a whole lot of availability. Um, that is what good discipleship requires. Right. Sure is. Well, it's been good to have this opportunity to talk about Elijah and his experience in dealing with discouragement. Again, I think that you who are listening to this podcast, uh, we hope it's helpful to you to know that um, there will be seasons in life when you, when you hit the wall, when discouragement comes. And um, it, it's important to know that God's not done with you yet. Hang in there. Um, it's, it's okay. Everything that you feel uh, during those times, a, the great prophet Elijah felt that and more. And um, uh, those things are just a part of life and getting to the next place to get into the next phase is not always easy, but hang in there, hang in there and, and encourage the people that are in your group to do the same. Now, Lynn, about a year ago, we did a study on emotions and um, uh, it probably would be good to remind people that um, we're discouragement is, is real um but there are seasons when we we are in a place of depression uh that would be considered clinical where we may need help uh, beyond just buck it up buck up and talk to god sure. and everything will be okay uh so just just be aware that there are some people that that probably are need to see a counselor, need to process some, need somebody to help them process of things, maybe need medication. So just just be aware that there will be people in your groups that uh, uh, when you talk about discouragement that leads to the point of depression, that they're laying under a broom tree and they just want to die. So you may be, you may have people in your group who, who are there and, and, and it is legit clinical depression and they they're going to need some help so so just be sensitive how's that is that a good yeah, way to say that it's something beyond just the type of discouragement that we've been dialoguing about okay yeah. so just keep that in mind um I, that came to me because because uh lynn i think you wrote that study on emotions and uh you were good to remind us when we were talking about the dark side and the depression side that sometimes people need help so just just keep that in mind um so those of you who are listening, thanks for listening. Most of you have heard, been with us before, so you know that we spend a little bit of time at the end to give you some encouragement if you're a leader of small groups. So, um, Andrew, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that he's involved with, and he has a teaching tip for us. Yes, Andrew, of course, thank you for being a guest with us on our podcast. But you have your own podcast that you host, and it's called Discipleology. Uh, take a moment tell us about this podcast. Sure. Discipleology is a podcast all about discipleship. So Chris Surratt and Mary Wiley and myself, we uh, take different topics and we dissect them and see how those different uh, topics fit within discipleship. And it has been a really, really fun opportunity to relaunch Discipleology in season three. The first two seasons, uh, we had Michael Kelly as a host, and now he is uh, promoted up within Lifeway and uh, doesn't have time for us anymore, but uh, he, he's super busy. He's super busy. Uh, but Chris and Mary and I have had the opportunity to sit down with some pretty phenomenal guests and experts. Um, and the most fun thing about this now is that we decided to 
not only keep it as a podcast, and so it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, but it's also now available as a video. And you can watch us on Facebook or on YouTube uh, have these conversations with each other and and you get to see our faces and and how Uh we interact with each other. I know, I know it's a scary (laughs) thought, but it's been really, really fun. And to see the way that uh, people engage with uh, the video side is, is completely different. And uh, it's just been really fun. It's been a fun experiment. uh, One that we will continue for hopefully a very long time. So say it again, Andrew, if they want to watch the video, where's that? What's the best way to do that? Facebook or YouTube, and you can just do a search for Discipleology. It's it's hard to say and maybe even harder to spell, but Discipleology, O-L-O-G-Y. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, Andrew, you're, uh, you're such a sharp thinker on this, especially in Bible study, small group stuff. So why don't you just share a tip with us real quick? Sure. I've got two stories that, that both are from my life that I uh, hope don't contradict each other too much. Um, but in, in January of this year, um, I spent some time fasting. And uh, every year we do a pretty extensive fast to just start the year off right. And, you know, I'm, I'm several days, if not weeks into this fast, and I'm just grumpy. And uh, my wife says... I think you need to go back and reread some of the words that you wrote for a a Bible study on how to fast. And it was a little bit of a gut punch to me of, you're right, I don't need to be grumpy. And I I changed my attitude. Um, And so while it is um, hard at times to just change your attitude, I also want you to realize that you can. You can say, I'm not going to be grumpy anymore. I'm not going to be fearful anymore. I'm not, and just change. Now, the flip side of this story is what I talked about earlier of being in a depression uh, or a depressive state. Um, all I needed was somebody to, to come alongside and to listen to me. So I could not just change my attitude in that one. Um, you know, the, the engage section of this study, this week's study says people hear God's voice in many ways. Use the space below to record what God has spoken to you through the following methods, through the Bible, through prayer, through worship, through other Christians, through, uh-oh, through sermons or podcasts, through circumstances or other Guys, when I was in this depressive state, I didn't want to do any of that. And so my my prayer was, and still is, just give me the heart to want to want to, right? And so how can you encourage your small group to pray the prayer to want to want to? Um, maybe starting off your group time talking about your own life and how God has worked through your life. Uh, Similar to Elijah, uh, there are times in all of our lives when we didn't want to want to. And so how can we open up the dialogue and say, I'm not escaping this. I am just like you. Um, Does anybody else want to share? 
Um, and so that's how I would recommend this. I promise you God is big enough for you and for me and for Elijah to say, I don't want to do this anymore. And God will come alongside and say, we'll be all right. So that's my my teaching tip is to, to open up the dialogue, uh, open it up for your group, uh, lead by example in this one. Um, so there you go. Thank you for that. Um, it's always fun to have you with us, Andrew. Thanks for joining us today. And thanks well, it's for good your, to see you guys. Your words. <laughs> I miss y'all. I miss y'all a lot. <laughs> well, we'll get together soon. Uh, we want to, again, thank you who are listening to this podcast. We appreciate you. We're grateful for you listening to us and hope that you'll plan to come and be with us next week uh, for our final week on uh, our conversations about Elijah.